Today is September 9, 1998. My name is Vida Sister Prince, and I'm interviewing James V. Swift, uh, the, a contributing editor for Waterways Journal for many years. Um, he writes an um, old boat column, and uh, I am exploring the uh, idea of uh, doing a project on the history of commerce on the St. Louis waterfront and how it diminished. We can, it can go either, anyway, you know. I'm trying to explore maybe with you what, what could I do that would be interesting, educational, beneficial uh, to people that um, could be a project, could be part of a larger project, it could be, who knows. Um, I think the possibilities are almost unlimited. If you think well, let me hear what you say about the history of the uh, of commerce and it's how St. Louis moved away from sure. the river. Well, there are really two periods in the river history. One is the uh, steamboats, uh, steamboat traffic, and then the towboat traffic, which is how commerce has moved today. One reason the riverfront is not like it used to be is that the packet boats uh, were they made well like, like their truck transportation today. I mean they were small carriers and a lot lots of them. The river boats. Yeah, and now it's, the commerce is moved by barges, which of course are much larger than take a lot more tonnage than the steamboats did, and they move in in uh, tows, as we call them, or fleets of barges. Mm -hmm. And they load and unload at terminals, which have to have trains and all that kind of equipment to handle the cargo, and they don't use the riverfront anymore. <clears throat> I mean, the riverfront is, is, is there's no, nothing there anymore because the boats are, are using the terminals rather than the riverfront mm -hmm. to handle the commerce. So there are two periods, the steamboat period and the towboat period, and they're very different. Yeah, so the steamboats docked there and the people unloaded and stuff right on the levee. Right on the then, levee. So could they have built the terminals there, but there would be no reason to? There was no there? reason to, no. Until the tolls came along and the barge, uh, the barge traffic came along, there was no need for a terminal as, as, as such. You see, the river, uh, St. Louis was rural, uh, kind of a crossroads of the river because the boats from New Orleans came up here and stopped, and the boats from St. Paul stopped, and the Missouri River stopped, and they all exchanged cargoes here. Mm -hmm. So it was like a kind of a big freight yard. In <laughs> um, St. Louis, there were very few f through boats. I mean, they, they, uh, St. Louis was the, the terminus of most of the traffic, uh -huh. and they exchanged cargoes here, and they um, 
Kind of different kind of both because New Orleans, of course, and south of here, was a lot of, there was much more water than there is north of here. <clears throat> so the boats could be larger and draw more, draw more water. In what? And they drew more drew water, more you water. know. I mean, they're, they're, the hulls had to be uh, uh, shallower going north than they did in the south. The what had to be shallower? The hulls. The, oh, the hulls. The hulls of the Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you, you, now remember, I'm a learner. Yeah, you know, it's all right. You're, you're not talking okay. to somebody who's been there. No, there. it's all right. Sure, sure. So yeah, I, I need yeah. to understand sure. as we go along. Um, so when did this begin to take place? When did the barges it change place? Mm -hmm. Well, see the river that the packet boats started to die out because of the railroad competition. It finally got down to what they call small trades, like just from St. Louis to Cape Girardeau or so on, and they were um, smaller boats except for the large boats when they, uh, after the Civil War, of course, the, the commerce began to build up again in the South. They catered to the planters, the plantations, and they built large boats to um, take care of their good customers on these plantations. So they were kind of palatial boats. And the Robert E. Lee and all those boats were large because they catered to that trade down in the South. Uh, up up here, the boats were smaller, and of course they carried uh, more diverse cargoes too, and uh, so they. Um, then the, when the the trucks really were, were the, the finishing touch. Uh, somebody told me that when the. You mean when the highways began? Yeah, when he said that when the first Macadam Road was laid, that was the end of the <laughs> end of the steamboat traffic, which is true because before the river was the only way to go. There was no other way to uh, transport stuff, and uh, uh, then when the, the trucks came in, of course there was a competition, mm -hmm. so that killed off the small lines, uh, uh, and. Uh, Truck transportation was really the end of the steamboat era when the trucks came in. Mm -hmm. And um, like lines from Cape Trar to St. Louis when it <coughs> stopped and all of all these other small towns, they, they went to trucks rather than rather than steamboats, mm -hmm. steamboat traffic. Um, did steamboats ever just carry cargo, but they always carried passengers and cargo? Usually the freight was the thing, the passengers were kind of a uh, extra, <laughs> extra thing for them. They really didn't like passengers too much. I mean, you know, oh. I mean, they were kind of a, got in the way of the freight. Uh, of course, they, they took them because they paid the way. I mean, a lot of them actually, there was a, it was a difference between uh, Going broke and uh, not is uh, to uh, when they had the um, uh, had the passengers, but they weren't they didn't rely on passengers very much. Because I guess if you yeah. don't know much about it, you think it was really all pleasure travel and and not as much 
Well, there was, there was like, a lot of romance together, but right away when it came down to it, there was a business proposition. I mean, the writers and everything kind of hooked on to that romantic part of the deal, mm -hmm. but I mean, it was really a, a business, you know, mm -hmm. really business. Mm -hmm. But what was, the high, what was the high point in the riverfront for St. Louis? the years? What would, what would be the Actually, peak years? Actually, around 1850s, 1850s, something place like that. Was the high point? Yeah. Because uh, the railroads started coming then, and then, of course, the Civil War was a, was a <coughs> disaster on the rivers. I mean, there was no, no cars would cut off from St. Louis to New Orleans, and uh, a lot of the boats were sunk uh, in Burned in the uh, in the during the Civil War, and uh, I would say 1850s probably was a maybe the height of the traffic on the river. Hmm. Um. What did so? Let's see. But St. Louis also. I'm trying to think, all right, so that was the high point, and then what happened? Uh, well, of course, as I say, the, the, the Civil War was a big was a big blow to the rivers, and then <clears throat> it recovered afterwards when the traffic started back up again, but it never uh, uh, really reached the height as it did in the 1850s because there was railroad competition came in then, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and also the South was not in particularly good shape. No, it was, it was a pretty bad economic shape by then, you know. But what about the eastern cities? I mean, the, the upper Mississippi, rather. Uh, well, there was a lot, quite a bit of traffic up there, but um, uh, of course, another thing in the 50s was that immigration was coming in. A lot of immigrants came up from New Orleans and uh, went up into the, into the West. When was this, like in, still in the 1850s? Uh, yeah, it was, and then the gold rush, of course, up in the Missouri River, there was a lot of the, uh, a lot of immigrants going up to, uh, well, see, the Oregon, uh, the Santa Fe Trail and the Oregon Trail started on the, on the Missouri River, too, and all those people went, went in the west. Most of them went up the river to uh, where the trail started. Mm -hmm. So there was a big, uh, and in the mines, in the, at the gold rush, a lot of miners went up the west, you know, went west on the river. So they were carried by a steamboat. So what happened in the last part of the uh, 18th century? Um, what was going on here? Well, of course, it was a, still traffic, but I mean, it wasn't as, as they say, the competitions, the railroads were cut into the, into the, into the mm -hmm. freight all the time. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, um, World War I was really the start of the barge lines because the railroads couldn't handle all the traffic. And uh, the government took over, you know, the railroads and the fully uh, the equipment on the rivers. And they realized that the railroads couldn't handle it all, so that was the main 
force in getting the rivers improved because they, they saw there was a need for moving freight by water and not just by rail. And um, President Theodore Roosevelt was one of the main guys that started. <laughs> he appointed in the Waterways Commission that reported back to the Congress on the need for um, improving the rivers. And he was one of the big forces that was behind this improvement. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, the barge lines came in, and they realized that was the, the real transportation of the future was by barge and not by the small steamboats like it had been. Um, silly question, maybe, but who invented the barges? I mean, where did that, how did that come into? Just the well, the real, like the real use of barges it was, came out of Pittsburgh because they moved all the coal from Pittsburgh down south uh, by a towboat. Uh -huh. uh, well, Is there a difference between a towboat and a tugboat? <laughs> what is well, the difference? A tug is really a, bar, a, a boat used on the, on the, in the harbors, a small, small boat. A towboat is a big, big boat. Um, no, this, this is this is a, now the. Now this you, is the the, the big. The, now you know you have a novice. <laughs> you like you know, may like to look at these pictures. Uh, sure. This is Fred Way, and his oh, it was really it's really the uh, Bible from he. You and historian has spent all his life compiling these, these facts on the boats. And uh, so if you just walk through the uh, those pictures there, you might uh, uh, get some more idea. Right, this is uh, Way's Packet Dictionary Directory. Directory, yeah. 1948 to 1983. 1983. Compiled by Frederick Way, Jr. Yeah. And this is a boat. This is a... Uh, yeah, of course, is a, a Civil steamboat. War gunboat. Oh, gunboat. It's a steamboat, right? It's a, it's a steamboat, but it's a transport. Did we try and use these steam gun uh, transport boats, these steamboats? To, to take arms down. Oh yeah. And, and oh yeah. It was a big, uh, big thing. Okay. Those pictures just give you an idea sure. of the different types of vessels and. Uh, this is a wonderful book. Yeah, there's a wonderful book. It's, you uh, can see the buildings in the background. Yeah, I think that's Cincinnati. I'm not sure. Yes, it is. Now, what's packet mean? Packet boat. A packet boat is a boat that carries both passengers and freight on the schedule. I mean, oh. there are schedule, uh, you know, schedules, departures. Okay. Well, this is this is very uh, thorough. He had a scattering of boat, uh, all kinds of boats in there, big and small and different sizes and shapes. And <laughs> oh, now this is really a 
Now this has got more freight on it than yeah, that. Yeah, well, that's cotton, and of course, that was, that she was out of New Orleans. Well, she ran out of New Orleans, and uh, that's, a, that's an example of the big boats I mentioned that would carry the planters and, uh, you know. Mm -hmm. The planters. Plantation holders and, you know. Oh. People are used to luxury, and uh, boats try to give them the same <laughs> kind of accommodation and yeah. stuff as they were used to. On you know, when yeah. you look at these boats, you you... I mean, really, this isn't a lot of cargo, is it? Really? Not well compared to a barge. It isn't, no. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's uh, you have to compare them with the trucks. I mean, it was the it was the uh, like the trucks of oh, today, yeah. you know. Did you get your magnifying glass out? Oh yeah. Look at these <laughs> yeah they, oh yes. They, right. Oh, this is a Missouri River. Uh, there were different, entirely different kind of boats. They had to be very shallow draft, and um, they carried the miners and immigrants up to, uh, you know, and the people going west with the wagon trains. They carried all that stuff up to the landings and on the, in the Missouri River. What a hard, what a hard time compared to. Oh yeah, it sure were. A hard life. Now that's a famous boat because after the Battle of the Little Bighorn, which one, the Far West? The far West. She took wounded. See, Reno's command wasn't wiped out, and there were a lot of wounded from his command. Who's? Uh, Reno, General Reno, or Colonel Reno, I guess. Reno. Reno. R E N O. R E N O. Uh, and, Just like uh, Janet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she took the wounded from uh, about 570 miles and uh, uh, 750 miles in about 54 hours, one of the biggest, one of the famous feats of steamboating. And they carried those wounded back to Fort Abraham Lincoln mm. near Omaha, yeah. The St. Louis in New Orleans, okay. Um, well, St. Louis, it looks like it had a chance to be um, more, stronger, better, more important, and it, in, in many instances in its life. Yeah, it did. And it always seemed like it went the other way. <laughs> Yeah, I really did. I mean, it, uh, you come right down to it, it's a southern city. Uh, it was a southern city, and it was, uh, it didn't have the, it, the go get up and go Chicago did, you know what I mean? It was, uh -huh. What do you think that's, what do you think is responsible for that? Well, I don't know. I mean, it was, again, it's an it's influence of the South, probably more than anything else. It was, uh, In what way? Well, I mean, you know, not they didn't have the emphasis on growth and, you know, the easy life was better than the... <laughs> The commercial life, I don't know what, you know, what that sort of thing.
Because mm -hmm. we're still fighting for things today that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I don't know. It's a... should have been settled long ago. Of course, Chicago had the advantage to have been on the lakes, and they got all that traffic from the east that came up through the Erie Canal, you know, and mm -hmm. through the Great Lakes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the railroads went west from there, and it was a... Uh, so now you have the train right here mm -hmm. uh, near the river. Um, yeah, the railroad used a river for hauling their... their train across the river and uh, some of the railroads had their own uh, steamboat lines too. You mean you put a train on the on a on a boat? Yeah. It wasn't too heavy to sink it? Uh, no. <laughs> they were wide as you can see and they had three or four tracks on there so it was um, the hulls were wide and it was mm -hmm. it was they were engineered for that purpose. Yeah, now this looks like a gunboat. Yeah, it is a gunboat, yeah. I mean, it's like built for one. Oh, goodness. So I really, but what about the tug and the uh, toe? Back to the tug and the toe. Well, of course, it's kind of, uh, it's wrong to say a towboat really pushes and uh -huh. <laughs> doesn't pull. At one time on the, on the Gulf Coast, they did, they still haul boats on housers, they call them behind the, behind the boat. Mm -hmm. But on the river, it's, it's impractical because of the, of the bends and, and turns and everything, they couldn't handle them. So they put them ahead of, ahead of the boat. So that's a that's a tow. That's tow a tow. Is towing, tug is tow. pushing. Yeah. Just tug is pushing. Yeah. Um, all right. When when did so now we're we're to the railroads. I'm sorry. We're to the railroads. We're we're with the railroads, and then and and with the and the truck. Well, the trucks. The truck didn't come in until like 1920s or something uh -huh. like that. 1920s. And you were saying McFadden? Is that what you? McAdam. McAdam. It's you know it's a big asphalt. Truck. See, before the roads were so bad that it, it, except the dry weather, they couldn't use them because when in the winter and, and there was spring, it was they were muddy and they uh -huh. you know so the towns along the river were really cut off except by the, from the river. And um, when those roads were improved, then the trucks could come in, and so that was, you know. So you're talking about a guy who, a company that paved the roads. McAdam. McAdam. Well, I don't know, McAdam, I guess, was the guy they invented them. I'm not oh, sure where okay. the road comes from. All but right. it's so what was the line again? You, you used a line with that name in it back a few, a little bit ago when we were talking. No, I, some, some, some captain, some boat captain told me one time that was the end of the steamboats when they laid the first McAdam Road. Okay, that's what I was <laughs> Because wondering. it gave access to, you know. To the trucks. To the trucks. trucks yeah. easier. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. So what what would you say was then? We still had our regular levy. I mean, it still oh, yeah. looked the same. Um, there were still factories being built, or commerce was going on in downtown St. Oh, yeah. Louis near the river. Uh, so. Um, But in the 20s, there were, the barges were coming in. Yeah. And this, so everything, and so then you had the airplanes. So that life died slowly. Oh, uh, yeah, well, the last boats, um, the last real boat that ran out of St. Louis was called the Golden Eagle. Um, she was a tourist boat, um, which meant that she carried passengers overnight. And she was the last real boat out of St. Louis. That was in 1947 when she sank. Mm -hmm. um, the excursion boats ran, you know, there, well, there's still some The what? Excursion boats. Uh -huh. They were, of course, large then, and they were, um, you know, they ran, well, of course, there's still the two little sightseeing boats down there, but... Uh, I can understand two what? Sightseeing oh, boats, sightseeing. yeah, uh-huh. Uh, but the, uh, the real levy, well, I don't know what, uh, really, <coughs> when they uh, started, uh, Well, the, the last packet boat was really the, the Golden Eagle ran, carried freight, and she was the last freight freight boat out of St. Louis, but it was kind of a. Uh, accommodation to a grocery store down in Cape Girardeau. Oh. She really didn't have to carry this stuff. <laughs> could have taken it by car. Yeah, could have, could have, could have <laughs> truck, yeah. So. Uh, um, when did you, are you from St. Louis? Yeah. Born here? I was born here. Okay, so I'll ask the regular question, where, where did you live? And, and <laughs> tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, the family lived in, um, down on Pershing, mm -hmm. 44, right behind the cathedral, you know, mm -hmm. down mm -hmm. on Pershing there. Uh, and so where'd you go to school? Uh, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, you moved there. Uh, well, my father was got the flu in you know World War One, and mm -hmm. he had to go west for his health. So I grew up in Albuquerque. I came back in 1932. I actually graduated from Seoul then. <laughs> I only went there one year. Uh, Since you graduated. Senior year, yeah. Mm -hmm. and I graduated so then. And, and you stayed here? The family has always lived here. I mean, uh, they came, I don't know what, what, when they came, say, well, probably in the 1850s or something like that, but they've always, they, they always lived here in okay. St. Louis. So. What was your occupation? Well, I started out as a file clerk in an insurance company. <laughs> insurance company? Yeah. 
<coughs> then the, the last guy, this funny story too, I, we, we were in the Pierce building, which is now the Azamark Hotel, on the 15th floor, and they knew I liked the river. Uh, so whenever a boat went by, they all yell at me, and I get a camera, and I run to the window and take a picture. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I should go very farther, right? My, my father was a river contractor. He, uh, his father owned the, uh, 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 the contracting company, so my father went to work for him when he, you know, he was a young man. So when I was born, um, well, this is a long, another long story. Uh, at that time, again, there were no roads. <clears throat> My father had to move around, his fleet moved around on the river. Uh, and so he, my mother could be with him. He built a houseboat. And uh, so when I was born, I went down on the houseboat for a while. I was about six six months old, I guess, something like that. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> so you had it in your blood. That's where I got it. the river water and the river air got in my in my body. So anyway, that's so. what I tell everybody. Anyway, which is true. <laughs> that's what you tell everybody. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you can tell me something different if you want. No, it was just <laughs> true. I mean, I, uh, and then um, my grandfather was a journalist. He was editor of the St. Louis Republican. And oh, he, really? Yeah, he was. Uh, was his name Swift? Uh, William, yeah, uh, William Swift. And then he, when he left the newspaper business, he got into politics, and then he got into. Um, Contracting business, so that's that's kind of where it mm -hmm. came down the line. So I guess I inherited some of his journalistic uh, traits, and that's uh, I started writing when I was well. Um, Started writing for the Waterways Journal when I was a kid. I mean, not just though I was still in high school, but not high school because I was out of there by then. But I wrote this Golden Eagle I mentioned to you a lot, and I wrote up. She, they made two famous trips: one to St. Paul, the first boat that had gone through the new lock system up to St. Paul, mm -hmm. and then. Next year, she went to Chattanooga, Tennessee, which was through the Tennessee Valley Authority's dams up, up to Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. So I wrote those stories up, and they were in the pubs in the Waterways Journal. And then insurance company, I, uh, I got a promotion. I didn't like it. In fact, I didn't think I could handle it. So I thought, well, I'm going to make a change. So I went to the Waterways Journal. and. Uh, applied for a job, and the, the, the business manager at the time was an old man named Sam Smith, and he was getting so feeble he could hardly write. <laughs> and so I took his place. <laughs> now I can't write. <laughs> but anyway, I have to... Uh, I don't think anybody uh, can take yeah, your place, no, though, from anyway, what I hear. Yeah, so anyway, uh, that's how I got started in the Waterways Journal. That was 1941, yeah. and I got drafted right away, and I was overseas for in the army for five years. 
Where were you? Europe. So I came back and I went right with the journal again. Where in Europe? Oh, we were with, um, we were, I was in the 5th Armored Division, which is a tank outfit, and we were with Patton for a while and then went north into uh, Belgium and uh, Luxembourg and up in that way. The Bulge? Well, we were well. We were in the bulge. Uh, we were actually uh, holding the area because we'd been in the Hurricane Forest uh, and we had got beat up so badly that they drew us out and we were regrouping, you know, they say in the army and uh, around the Hawken up in that area and. Um, so we were a whole, really holding the northern edge of the, the edge of the bulge. Mm -hmm. So, so I came back to the Waterway Journal, and I've been there ever since. <laughs> well, did you always just? The old book column, I mean, not the old book column, and the affected editorials, and uh, mm -hmm. everything that I had to do. And then uh, there was a man named uh, Roy Barkow, who was an ex steamboat man, and he was uh, loved history too, so he wrote the old book column. Anyone he retired or left, I, I took it over. How has the Waterways Journal changed? Well, it started out as a small, like a small town newspaper, only it was river gossip, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's been professionalized. It's, it's every new editor comes in, he changes it around a little bit, and it gets more. Uh, well, somebody said it was real corny, which it was. And it, <laughs> They take a lot of the corn out of it, which uh, is kind of too bad in a way because, you know. Yeah. Well, most, see, most steamboat people were either farmers or small town people, and they uh, they followed the small town. It was more important to know what was going on, uh, what, what was being built, or what was, what was sunk, or who got married or something or died and uh, we were great at obituaries. They had some of, some of the whole issues that half of them were obituaries. <laughs> so it, it went with the wind. It went, now it looks, you know, like whoever was in charge steered it the way they wanted to. Part yeah, part, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, the format was changed and mm -hmm. uh, you know, each, each editor had, you know, Change a little bit, so. The um, I made some notes. Um, that talking about well, all right. I guess before I do this, maybe, maybe describe the forties, on the on the riverfront. Uh, well, the barge lines were starting to get, uh, starting to come in at that, at that time, and of course the uh, Streckwitz had their, um, had their big excursion boats down there, and uh, there were a few stray boats that came in and out, but uh, mainly it was, uh, it was Streckwitz. 
that had the, had the, the most of the riverfront. Mm -hmm. Because downtown was, was was busy then. There were factories. Yeah. Um, would you say the riverfront was busy then? Uh, to an extent, of course, as I say, Stratford was the main occupant of it because they had to make excursion boats down there. And of course, the uh, early 40s, the Eagle Factory Company was still operating, and the old Eagle had a <coughs> they had wharf boats down there, which were wharf boats. Wharf boats. Oh, wharf. They were the, inter the in in exchange between the land and the river. The boats would land to get the wharf boats unloaded, and then the, the cargo leaders wheel onto the levee or kept them in the wharf boat. Uh, so there's a line of wharf boats all along here. <clears throat> Why did they need wharf boats? Well, it was it had to, the boats couldn't land. Uh, oh, they couldn't get. Well, they that did close. one time, but I mean it was more uh, economical and, and and safer and to uh, land against the wharf boat rather than against the levee. Mm -hmm. The wharf boat, after all, went um, up and down with the river. You know, it was floated, so that uh, uh, the boats. We had to come in against that those that um, pavement, and uh, it was a little tricky to maneuver them in there. What did I walk on the other day when I went into I parked down there and then walked on that thing and went inside and then went left to Sh Jack Shoner's office? What do you call that? thing I was on. Was that a... Well, he's got a landing boat, too. I mean, uh, the... It's, it's uh, a landing boat or whatever you want to call it. I this mean, big a, a thing dock. that was open. Yeah. That's, is that like a wharf boat? Like yeah, a, like yeah, a, it's a dock. The okay. wharf boat usually had a... Maybe some of them are two stories. They look like a big room. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was more of a war, like a war boat, yeah, yeah. Okay. And those don't move, do they? No, they don't They're move. Just, okay. Um, I had made a list, okay, all right. Sure, sure. It was like shipping, and then there were related and supporting industries, like fuel, like Schoner had a fuel. Yeah, he's got a, he, uh, now he's got a supply. Refueling. Company. Yeah. There were ship. There was a. Sh I don't know if there were ship builders or there was just St. Louis Ship Company, but there were people who made ships. Well, St. Louis Ship was one of the biggest shipyards on the river. On the river, not yeah. just this area. Okay. Well, yeah, it was. There were about three or four of them that were large and they're comparable in size. Uh, Related boats. There were tugs, barges, steamboats. There was the Admiral. Um, there are now gambling boats. There's people, the change that we're talking about. The city of St. Louis itself, uh, how the face of the waterfront changed, 
and what this meant to the city physically, economically, emotionally, leisure, artistically. Um, okay, that's one area. Okay. <laughs> I had to write down everything I knew at the Oh, room. sure, I mean, sure, it, you yeah. know, I don't know what it means. Sure, um, I'm right. just throwing out all this stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. Then they had associations. There were the towboat. They must have had a towboat association, the pilots association, the waterways journal, the Corps of Engineers, Coast Guard engineers. I don't know if that's the same as the Corps of Engineers, Quartermaster Corps. Federal barge lines, Eagle Marine Industries, then again the St. Louis Ship Company, then there were books and magazines and music and theater and the people who worked there and the people who were customers and the day life and the night life. And that's, I don't know. I mean, I... Wide. <laughs> so... Wide range. Yes, it is a wide range. And I don't know if this... If there's something to do here or there's not something to do. Uh, I guess maybe I need a few people like yourself to um, see if there's a niche that maybe needs exploring, hasn't been done. Uh, I don't want to redo something. I don't want to uh, spin my wheels. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, Rick was also saying that people in St. Louis had uh, kind of cleaned up the riverfront. I'm not sure that was his words, but changed the riverfront. Built the arch and stopped. And this talk, you know, right now there's so much talk about what to do with downtown, what to do with St. Louis, you know, how can we... Well, of course... I, I tell them to build schools, but besides that... Well, of course, the thing about downtown, everybody that moved west and they don't want to come all over downtown. I mean, the, the malls and the shopping areas and everything out in West County, well, there's no need to come down, mm -hmm. except for entertainment. Uh, the only thing I can think of is revitalize uh, downtown would be to build uh, where I got a theory <laughs> uh, all this area that's, I don't know whether you've ever been out where the west end was but it, it just looks like Berlin after World War II it's just terrible everything is, is uh, Departments are just standing there vacant, and it just is terrible. Which year are you talking about, Mr. Swinton? Well, right now, I mean, you go out on the. <clears throat> I have a. We have a family. A woman who worked for the family a long time. You go out there once in a while to see her. And oh, you're talking uh, about the north side? Yeah. Oh, yes. I did, when I did my project, yeah. and I started riding around St. Louis, It you go one block. North of Del Mar, yeah, right. Or yeah. downtown, you yeah, go one right. block south. It's yeah, it's pathetic. horrifying. Pretty pathetic. Mm -hmm. One thing I can see is if they have make some corporation or something gets buys all that stuff and starts over again. It's 
start a new St. Louis. I mean, that's what you got to do because nobody's going to build there or anything else. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. So that's... anyway, I mean, and downtown, as far as I'm concerned, it's the only thing that <coughs> will revitalize it if they build, start building houses and stuff around there so people live there and come and use downtown, mm -hmm. you know. Put schools in and make, sure. make it alive. Um, what do you think? If, if what do you think would be an interesting angle to? In other words, everybody down there today who's still interested in the river is doing something different than they did. Uh, 50 years ago, and uh, I don't know if it would be an interesting enough to to explore, or if it would be of value. It is history. Well, uh, one period that really hasn't been covered so much is the is that uh, late 30s and 40s. Uh, Well, they had the, the Goldenrod who was on there, you know. Had the what? The Goldenrod showboat was there, mm -hmm. and the uh, Robert E. Lee was running, and uh, they still had some large boats. The Bell of St. Louis was in there, and the, uh, well, the Admiral was still running, too, as an excursion boat. Uh, that period has not been covered so much, I don't think. Um, of course, the development of the barge lines is 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 uh, interesting too. I mean, like the uh, Federal Mississippi Valley barge line started, and uh, St. Louis is really a hub of the towboat industry, you know. Mm -hmm. Times. So, could you connect those two? Well, I would think that. I mean, you were mentioning the uh, the reason the levee is not used so much is because the the, the diversion of traffic was to a different type of uh, type of commerce. The barge lines and the the packet boats were different. And had mm -hmm. different needs and everything, and uh, so it, it's not so that I find that very interesting because it's obviously something I never understood before. Yeah, and you simplified it in about five seconds. The 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 real difference, or the difference in the commerce, was in those two 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 ships. Yeah, different type types of mm -hmm. uh, uh, vessels, yeah, for different needs. And the reason why. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I don't think people really know what's going on in the river right now. You know, I don't think they, I don't know if they don't think about it or they, I'm sure they don't. Yeah, the river, the we have another very good job in publicizing it. I mean, once in a while they uh, do, but uh, 
I mean, there's little, not too much contact really between you know uh, between the barge lines and the crews and the and the civilians, people on the bank, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, of course the river, you no know, river people were not followed too well, you know, for a long time because it was a rough element and. Uh, um, people kind of looked down on the river, river, river people, and um, well, there's still some bad apples around, but I mean, <laughs> most of them are pretty nice guys. Well, I was only down there, as I say, uh, maybe an hour and a half, two hours, and I, I think the one thing that struck me was the camaraderie that just in that little slip of a oh, yeah. group of people, you know. Um, Did you run to uh, Jerry Trowich? Troinick. Yeah, Troinick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I he had coffee on his boat. Well, yeah, did you? <laughs> well, Jack took me over there. Oh, yeah, you know? sure, yeah. So yeah. I was, you know. Yeah, you're and, a and then yeah. some man walked in, and they hugged each other, and he was from Switzerland, and he... Switzerland, yeah. Carl, somebody, and and uh, he had a sailboat, and he's been here for years, traveling the waterways of, you know. So <laughs> then, the, then Charlene walked by, and yeah, so, you know, it was like heaven's oh, heaven. Oh. Well, it oh. was it was interesting. Yeah, for an outsider who's never been down there. Sure. Just parked your car on the levee. That's kind of a And then the fact that Rick brought out those things. And yeah. And you, you were so receptive to me. Sure. Uh, is, is rather fascinating. So, um, but I guess I'm really asking for some help or some, what you're giving me. Um, on uh, if there's, I know there's something to do. It's just a matter of doing it. Uh, what you were trying to say, what niche you should use, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, and what hasn't been covered so much is, uh, well, uh, really the transition to the riverfront, I guess, from uh, steamboat days to, to today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like maybe when you're working and you're, you, I mean, your knowledge of, of that era is uh, fantastic, I, you know, looking at your columns. and um, I just wondered if you ever thought, oh, I wish people knew about this. I wish people knew about, you know, that. But the transition of the... Well, the big thing is let people know the importance of the river. I mean, uh, you could stand in the river, you know, for hours and not see anything moving, and you think, well, it's dead. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, there'll be four or five boats come by in succession, you know, <laughs> each with big toes, and they don't, people don't realize how large those barges are and what they carry and, uh, you know, what the commerce is. Well, talk so. to me about a barge is deep, right? It's got to be deep. I mean, all you see is this flat. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, uh, 
see the channel uh, by law has to be six feet deep. That's the Corps of Engineers has to keep it for six feet. But that doesn't mean it's, it's only six feet. Lots of time, uh, one place in Single Harbor is something like 60 feet deep. You know, it's where they, uh, well, they say a crossing where the river runs from one bank to the other, and there's a tendency for it to drop sediment and they build up a sandbar. Well, that's where the problem is. Uh, the channel may be 10 feet deep, when you get to the sandbar, you got four or five feet of water. Mm -hmm. And that's where the quarry has to come in with a dredge and uh, deepen it to six to, to nine feet. So they're continually doing that? They're continually yeah. changing the, the river? Yeah, right. Or the sandbars or yeah. getting rid of them? Mm -hmm. What causes that sediment to build up? Well, the water, water, water slows in? down, water mm -hmm. slows down, mm -hmm. and then it drops the silt. Mm -hmm. Silt so, and sediment are the same thing? Yeah, whatever's so. in the water. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, what I keep thinking of is how the people who, who cared about the river, or that was their life, have changed their way of doing business to stay there, and I'm sure some left, um, had to leave. Well, there was a transition. A lot of the, the towboat captains moved to, moved to the towboats, tow I mean, and some of them A just, lot of the what? Riverboat captains? They moved to, uh, moved to towboats tow from steamboats, and the other ones, uh, usually you'll find they got a farm someplace. <laughs> Uh -huh. yeah. So when they're off the off the river, they're on the farm, you know. What I mean? yeah. So uh, it's um, they, they maybe they have two professions: farm, they're farmers, and then also mm -hmm. rivermen. So you know. Yeah. Work nights and days. They come like from small towns. A lot of them. Most of them are mm -hmm. from small towns. And yeah. What? What is? What's your emotional? Um, What does a river do for you? Well, I mean, it's it's a great great artery of commerce, and I mean, you know, uh, to me, it's the transportation end of it. I mean, uh, art and music, of course, is important too, but I mean, it's I've been in the transportation end of it practically all my life, so it's uh, that's what. So. Are barges as interesting to you as steamships? Yeah. Are they really? Sure. I mean, they're they're the the the, the vessels that handle the commerce today. I mean, you know, steam. I love steamboats too. And of course, there's a big. <clears throat> it's really funny. There's one guy at the Waterway Journal. Dan Owen doesn't like steamboats. He only collects diesel boat pictures. He doesn't like steamboats. He only collects what? <laughs> steamboat pictures. He, he likes diesel boats, but he doesn't oh. like steamboats. Oh, but he but he collects steamboat pictures. No, not no. diesel, diesel boat, boat pictures. Diesel boat pictures. What's a diesel boat? Well, it's diesel powered. I mean, you oh, know. it's a steamboat, but it's diesel powered. It's, it's a not a steamboat. It's a diesel diesel. What's it look like? Well, of course, this is he's, this is just a steamboat. He doesn't. 
there's no, there's no, not any really, well, the Yellow River record, which the water was real published, is less uh, all boats, but most of them are diesels, you know. Okay, you didn't know you were going to have to explain all this stuff. So that was a big tra transition. You see, uh, it was all steam until, um, well. So it looks like a steamboat, uh, but it's a diesel boat. It's run by uh, a different way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Their, their, their configuration is different too, but they're, oh. they're powered by diesel engines. All right, so you were going to tell me something and I interrupted you. No, I, I think when the water, when the Inner River Record was first published in 1945, it was about 50-50 um, uh, ratio on steam and diesel. And of course, the steamboats f faded out, and now it's all diesel. There are only uh, five steamboats left, and they're uh, passenger boats. They're not freight freight boats; they're, they're excursion boats. Mm -hmm. uh, were you around and aware of like? Were you here in the '30s? Yeah, I came. We came back to St. Louis in '32. So, did you 34. see Hooverville? Yeah, I used to. Well, <laughs> when I came out of high school, there were no jobs or anything, and so my family's taking me to ride the boat. So I rode the JAS one one time, and the St. Paul the next, and we'd go out to the river, and we would go through by Hooverville, you know on the way up the river. Mm -hmm. What'd you see? Well, there were just shanties, I mean, you know, shacks. Mm -hmm. Of we were on the river, so we, didn't, we just saw it from the, from the river. Did, did you, do you know anybody, do you, do you know anybody that would be able to describe some of those things during the 30s and 40s? I really don't know. Uh, The newspapers, of course, I guess had a lot of, a lot of, uh... I'm anybody alive? There might be. I, I, just, I don't know anybody, so... Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, well, let's see. I don't know. Um, maybe thinking in terms of comparing what you said, like the 40s to today. Yeah. I mean, that's a period I don't think is covered too much. Uh, most most of the books are about the steamboats and the romantic part of it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I mean, uh, uh, probably the Missouri Historical Society would be the best place to check on the availability of that of that literature. About know. the forties. Yeah, whether there they, are any, any they, books. They said that that not much. They don't have much on the. That's 40s. what I mean. That's mm -hmm. what I mean. It's the. Uh,
the yeah. transition period. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that would be it. And the development of the Federal Barge Line and the Mississippi Valley Barge Line, or they were the two large operators out of St. Louis uh, for years. You know Russell Flowers? Yeah, I do. I can talk to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Jack Taylor would, would be a tremendous amount of getting to talk. I mean, you know, he would have given to stop talking. And it's, but he, uh, and according to the excursion board, part of it, Tom Dunn, have you met Tom Dunn No, yet? I've talked to him on the phone. Well, Tom Dunn would be a wonderful guy to talk to about the excursion, mm-hmm. excursion board era. And, uh, so, I got you for the steamboats. I got Tom Dunn for the excursion boats. Jack for what? What did you just tell well, me? Well, Jack would be a good one to talk about the uh, development of the towboats because he uh, handled supplies, you know. He and his father were uh, mm-hmm. pioneers in that, uh, in that, that uh, midstream fueling operation. Mm-hmm. So if I got, got that from what it was, what it is, what it was, what it is, what it was, what it is. A uh, guy that would uh, be good on the barge line, too, was Peter Fancy, Jr. He was president of the uh, Federal Barge Line. And uh, he's a really nice guy. We're, uh, well, you know about the Mercantile Library, I suppose. And, uh, well, that's how I got to you all. Yeah. Uh, uh, somebody told me, uh, I happened to be speaking to a photographer, Irv Shankman, and I said, I, tell me about the river, and he told me right where to go, <laughs> south of the McDonald's, is it? And, uh, yeah, and, sure, uh, for the show. So that's where I went. I just parked my car and walked in. The, yeah. So, and he told me about the Waterways Journal and the, about Mercantile. Well, I call Mercantile, of course. They're in the middle of They're moving. Of yeah. moving. So the Waterways Journal was still at the old place, and I don't think anybody was interested in seeing me. You know, <laughs> go down there, and that's why I called the office. Sure. So that's that's how it was. Well, when Mercantile gets settled down there, they're supposed to have an opening. Um, in, in October, I think. Yeah, and, I got a uh, thing of that. Yeah. What's this guy's name, Peter what? Fanchi, F-A-N-C-H-I. And he's the, it's on the tape. He was formerly president of uh, uh, Federal Barge Line. Okay. And he's lived in St. Louis? Yeah. Okay. He's the head of the Pot Library uh, Board. The what? Uh, he, the, he, the, the pot library is pot? the pot, T-O-T-T. T-O-T-T? That's the, uh, <clears throat> see what, <laughs> well, anyway, the Waterways Journal had a lot of files, and I arranged to have them transferred to the Mercantile Library. And they set up, then Herman Pot, Pot was the president of the St. Louis Shipbuilding Company, see? 
Well, St. Louis ship bought Federal Barge Line, and that's where Cheap Fancy comes in. He was a he was made the head of the Pot Library Board. You know, they have a separate board with the library. Mm -hmm. Well, Pete is the head of that. He's head of the Pot Library Board. He is in Paul. Yeah. Okay. P O T T. And uh, anyway, what? Well, I, th I think Pete would go happy to talk with you. I'm not sure. I, I think he would. I don't. He loves to tell about the barge line, so I think mm -hmm. he'd be a good one to talk mm -hmm. to you. Okay. Um, well, so what else would there be? Do you think? What do I keep hearing about Captain Carroll? Should I? <laughs> yeah. Well. Actually, he would be the guy to talk about the Australian boats. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, Tom is kind of, well, they're not rivals, but I mean, they, they, they both work for Gateway Riverboat Cruises. So, Carol is a, is a, <clears throat> a master storyteller. I mean, he's, he's a, he, loves to, he loves to talk, too, so, I mean, well, I thought I'd go out and listen to him. You said he's speaking in your column. You wrote he's speaking at the B tree, whatever, at the riverboat. Uh, no, he he isn't. Uh, he did. He has been there, but he hasn't, isn't. It's in your column. I thought. Well, maybe I had a year a, a year yeah, maybe ago or so. Maybe he, I, no, he no, he isn't going to be there at the, at the museum. No. Oh. But. Uh, he always he still worked for Gateway. He's down on the boats. Uh, uh -huh. on I the, have his number. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. 